tenure in my way. Don't ask me where I'm going. Ask me where I've been. Don't ask me what I'm gonna be. Ask me what I am. Okay. Hey, everyone. Oh, well, not yet. Not yet. Now, y'all. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Burt Reynolds. That was, that was my guest. He, he, he jumped the gun. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson <laughs> podcast. I am your host, Scott White. And my special guest, please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, everyone. I'm Sean Penalber. Uh, Sean and I, we are uh, in the same improv troupe together. We are in comedy sports together. You've been doing it for uh, two years, one year, Sean? How long have you been in it? Three years now. Three years. Oh, good. Excellent. We've been improv partners for the last three years. I invited him on the show because we are doing the Burt Reynolds album, Ask Me What I Am. And Sean, you are a musician. Give us a little background on on your musicianship, if that's a word. Uh, So... Yeah. Uh, so I was, I trained a piano when I was super little. Uh, and then I kind of stopped video games for a long time. And then in middle school and high school, I did percussion. I was on the drum line in high school. And then I did uh, some indoor drum line in college. Uh, and then I didn't really do music for some time after that, uh, which though I really wanted to, I really wanted to be in a band. Uh, and then a few years uh, I think 2015 or so, uh, maybe 2012, uh, a friend taught me a little bit on the ukulele when I was visiting him <laughs> in Georgia, and I got addicted. And so I wrote all of these tracks on ukulele, which you can find through a link on one of my sites. Uh, and then I did that for three years. I've heard that ukulele is the gateway instrument. It, it's such an easy <laughs> thing to pick up, and it's so soulful and beautiful, like... Uh, a lot of people don't realize uh, that the ukulele actually comes from, I believe, Portugal. And the original sense is called fadu. And it's way more soulful than like the, the happy-go-lucky Hawaiian that most people know and recognize. Uh, but I became addicted. And then I finally picked up my bass guitar, which I owned since high school. Uh, and that's when I started Who to Thunk, which is the current project I'm doing now. Uh, and I just put out my 70th album last month uh, at the speed of sound. This is, you're a young man. Before we start, <laughs> yeah, you're young with your life. Fuck yeah. Anyway, um, what did you know or what do you know about Burt Reynolds? So uh, I knew Burt Reynolds in a few movies and everything growing up. Uh, I'm 31 for anyone listening. Uh, and so I, I, he's, some of his movies were still around and he was still making movies when I was growing up. Uh, and so I had watched uh, Smokey and the Bandit uh in college and that wasn't my first introduction to him but i guess that was like my first like oh okay this is what he's really known for uh, i should pull up his movie list but i'm like blanket on the things but i've seen him in things you know and so i i did have minimal experience but not a lot of experience and going through his imdb the other day it was like i only recognized maybe six or seven of the movies have you seen uh you, well you know about deliverance correct or you I know about it. I have not seen it. Okay. Well, so this is, so Deliverance came out in 1972. And this, so that was oh, the so movie. this came right after that. This came right after that. And Deliverance was the movie that rocketed uh, Burt Reynolds into stardom. 
for those of you who don't know, he was he was the biggest thing around for like five years in a row in the 70s. He was the top box office star five years in a row. And I don't think that has ever been. I think he's the only person to have ever done that. But even if he's not, he was like he was the number one star for so for the longest time. And this was I don't know when it started, but in the 70s, it became very, very popular. If somebody not known for singing became famous, got a hit movie, got a hit television show, they would put out an album. And these people were not known for singing. And it and it yeah. just and the uh, the market was just flooded with these albums. And this is one of them. This is the 1973 Ask Me What I Am, Burt Reynolds. It's supposed to be a country album. Burt Reynolds is a big country Western fan. Because if you watch some of his movies, a lot of the people in his movies are country Western stars. What was your overall view of the album, listening to it for the first time? So the first time I listened to it, uh, I, it I, it's not bad. It is not a bad album. <laughs> uh, now, I can definitely see the re- how people reacted to it at the time being like, oh, this is just an actor making another one of these music albums, you know. Uh, But the production value, like the people he had producing it, uh, Bobby Goldsboro and Buddy Killen, uh, they were huge uh, stars as well. Like in the music industry, they were, uh, Bobby Goldsboro had like uh, a few really big hits. And I think like in 1986, 1968, he had one of the, uh, if not the top-selling record with uh, Honey, with Bobby Russell. And uh, that beat out uh, Hey Jude, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, uh, and Sunshine of Your Love, which is insane. And I asked my mom about that, and she recognized it. But uh, back to, I'm tangenting off, uh, my first thoughts were uh, the, the first track, is very like you can tell that has the most production value. They were trying to make that catchy hit, you know, uh, and then the rest it kind of just like it dives into that whole country western, like singing the blues, telling stories while you're like uh, in mid song. I definitely got some like Harry Nelson vibes and even slightly some like Pink Floydish vibes, like towards the end. Really, Pink Floyd? I got William Shatner vibes. Because there's a couple of songs. Oh, I can see that. Burt Reynolds, I think you will agree, his voice he doesn't have his voice doesn't have a range. It, it, it's 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 right in his wheelhouse. And a lot of the songs are just him talking over music, storytelling yes. over music. Which I think was a good thing because Burt Reynolds is a very uh, he was a very charismatic man. And it, it even comes across in his in this album when he's just talking to you. It feels like he's just he's yeah. talking to you in a conversation with this music playing in the background, which is such a very country thing to do to just like have music and been telling a story, you know. And so I definitely got that, but definitely I get what you mean with the William Shatner thing because he's he he's very accentuated and especially in like I think the second to last song. Uh, there's a slight misunderstanding between God and man. He's like, it, it sounds like he's an old, like, like giving his dying wishes, like, remember me, please. It just made me laugh. The cup is over. Is it my cup? Excuse me. 
songs that have uh religious undertones in these in them which is a thing yeah. for country western as well uh, i mean country western and country western and gospel you yeah what one leaking into the well more i guess with more gospel leaking into uh into country western the and it's like the tone of the record well it was one song was a very up positive happy song and then one would be sort of would be sort of somber. I mean, I know you don't want to have all your songs sound the same. Now that's what happened though. All the songs, it was very hard for me. I listened to it a couple times. The album is kind of forgetful because all the songs seem to run, in my opinion, and as and you can tell me this if I'm off base on this. To me, all the songs sort of ran together, except for those odd ones where he was speaking or didn't sound like a country song but they pretty much all ran together to me uh and your opinion on that yeah i i actually i i can agree with that statement i think the first song it's like comes off like super like in your face poppy and then it just kind of slows down from there and you're just like okay this is kind of just an elongated song with different uh stanzas i guess <laughs> or cadences there's one song where I, and I forget which one it is where he tries to hit a high note and it's like, Oh, don't do that Bert because you can't, <laughs> you, you can't reach that. Just uh, do, what, but, do what you're doing. I, now I appreciate that. He, it sounded for the most part, like he knew his limitations, which is a good thing. He knew yeah. what he, he knew what he could do. He knew what he could not do. And he didn't really try to do things he could not do for the most part. Cause I, I, I would have to guess that some of these were not done in one take, like uh, especially looking at the producers of Bobby Goldsboro and Buddy Killen, they probably like took some time and did some producing on this and, you know, did some re-recordings. And I'm very curious uh, how much writing Burt Reynolds did in this album. Like I, I would like to know like the specifics of like who wrote what, but uh, I cannot find a lot of information on the album, like online. Uh, I was trying to look up the lyrics so I could go more in depth about each track and I couldn't even find that. No, there's not a lot on here. And I've got the album in front of me and Burt Reynolds has no writing credits on any of the songs. That doesn't uh, mean- It was just a fully produced album. It was a fully produced album. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't, you know, maybe put in a suggestion here and there, but he has no writing credits. Yeah. And I was going back and forth on this. He had a lot of uh, country Western friends, famous country Western friends. And I yeah. was wondering why he didn't have them on the album. And it, one, it might have been they, not, they weren't that they weren't friends then. But another reason I'm thinking is, yeah, if you're singing and you're not that strong of a singer, you you maybe don't want to have a strong singer on the album with you because it'll just make you it'll make you look that much worse. Yeah. You'll be completely overshadowed. And then also it just costs more money. Like you, you a lot of times you don't just be like, Hey friend, come on this album. It's like $5,000 to get a feature, you know? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And, uh, but this was not his last, 
uh, venture into singing. Uh, he continued later on in uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven in 1989 with Dom DeLuise. And, and also... And, oh, crap. I can't think of the name of it. He did a musical with Sybil Shepherd in 1975. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich directed it. It's It's been panned as one of the worst, not one of the worst musicals, but one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, gosh. And I, and I can't think of the name of it. I have often. to check this out. The movie was so bad that Peter Bogdanovich... At Long Last Love. At Long Last Love. The movie was so bad that Peter Bogdanovich issued uh, an apology in Variety. But uh, <laughs> this was it's the, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. This was the only album that Burt Reynolds did. But as you said, he sang tracks. He did a track on uh, Smokey and the Bandit, Best Little Whorehouse. I mean, he did. He, yeah. he was, he's on the soundtrack for At Long Last Love. It was uh, he I guess he was at the position where he was famous enough and it was something that he liked to do so that he was able to do it. Yeah. Obviously enough, yeah. he was comfortable enough to keep doing it. Uh, he wasn't, I guess he was not embarrassed by this album. I, I don't think you, I don't think he should have been embarrassed by this album. I mean, obviously it's not up to par with other, you know, other country albums now or then. Yeah. Uh, but as like just a, you know, probably an amateur musician himself, you know, like it's not bad. It really isn't. And I think what, what really falls into that is, again, the producer, the the levels of producers. Like he had just like great people at his back making like helping him out. Well, I think he was smart enough to get the best people. It's if you're, we're going to get the best people, <laughs> we're going to get the best producers. And he did, which was smart. He did. Yeah, I from uh, from uh, from everything I know about Burt Reynolds, he was a really nice guy. There wasn't that much arrogance around him. He knew what his limitations were. He knew who he needed, and he knew he didn't walk into this saying, "I'm going to sing this." I know, I know how what I'm doing. I know what needs to be done. He actually brought in the people yeah. that he needed to make this album as good as it could be. Yeah. And they did a decent job. It's it's not bad. But again, I think as a thing of the times and also compared to like every great album. Yeah, it's not the greatest. But as far as like if you're listening to this and it's like, oh, man, I want to go make music. Yeah, you can. You just uh, you find the right people or you do it yourself and you don't care about the quality or like unless you're really trying to sell this number one golden record. But that's going to cost you some money. Well, there was a story. He famously he famously posed for Playgirl magazine. Burt Reynolds did. He did it right around when Deliverance came out, and he always felt that mm. he was he was embarrassed. He wasn't embarrassed by the photo spread, but he felt that the the press that it got hurt Deliverance because Deliverance was not nominated for any Academy Awards or any awards. And Burt Reynolds felt that him posing for Playgirl was a reason for that. So he had to have in the back of his mind, like, I've got to be careful what I do because it might affect my film career or it might affect my TV career. Any of these little things that I do <laughs> off on the side. 
So he had that in the back of his mind. And he obviously felt. And then he still wrote an album. Yes. He obviously felt comfortable enough doing an album. (laughs) So, so that says a lot about what he, you know, how comfortable or, and how positive he was about making this album. And I, I, again, I wonder how much that added to things. Cause like he was still such a big, you know, dude for so long. And so it really didn't hurt him too much. Like you said, there's not a lot about this album on the internet. There's yeah. very few reviews. It, there's there's no articles about Burt Reynolds talking about it. It's just really an, an enigma, I guess you would say. It was just a one-time deal. I'm going to make an album. I did it. And maybe that's all he needed. You know, I'm going to do an album. It was just on, a, on his bucket yeah. list. But I'm sure now- that, like, if he actually, like, wrote music... Like if he was a musician himself, rather than like just going like, I'm going to reach out to these producers. I bet if he had like more ideas in mind, maybe he would have like, you know, stepped out to it later. But I think that's why he just kind of stuck with movies and musicals where he like, he didn't have to do the writing. He could just do the singing. That's probably true. Yeah, he was able to get his, his musical fix uh, with the movies that he was doing, doing a song for the soundtrack or doing a musical he was able to get that out, you know, not have to make and produce a, a, an entire album. Now, did you have a favorite song? Uh, probably the first one. It is. It really is the most like catchy, poppy kind of feel. Flying kites and pillow fights lay me down to sleep nights. Lions and apes, towel capes. Captain Marvel flying Skipping rocks Building blocks And Joe Paluka fighting Kicking cans Kool-Aid stands (laughs) And lots of fish for biting Marvel sex Jumping jacks Treasures in stocking, raccoon tails, cowboy gems, and make like kids flock. Uh, this this album, even though it's it's a, a country, all the songs are like all around three minutes long, and that's that was yeah. the general thing back then for radio play. It was like songs, songs were not longer than three or four minutes back then because they had, they had to be played on the radio. So I'm guessing this was made in mind. It was like, hopefully these songs will get played on the radio. Eventually the longest one is uh, four minutes. And that's that slow. That's that slow where he talks about motorcycles. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, slow fair jo- John Fairburn, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly the one. It's written by somebody else, but to me, that feels like something. And I'll give Burt Reynolds credit for this. It sounds like something he grew up with, but it was yeah, written by somebody absolutely. else. Now I don't know if Burt Reynolds gave this guy, you know, told him a story, and the guy put it into words. Uh, but if another person wrote that, Burt Reynolds did a very good job of making that his own and making it sound like it was actually a story. This is a person he actually grew up with. Yeah, it's those acting chops. 
Yeah. Burt Reynolds doesn't get enough credit as being a good actor. He, he, for the longest time, people just said, you know, he's Burt Reynolds, but he is, he is a very, he's a very good actor. And I just, I think he's, he was a victim of his own success where he just got big and people were just like, he's Burt Reynolds. He's not an actor. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of non-actors will say stuff like that. Uh, but like, I mean, not every actor is a character actor. Some of them just like they find their niche and like who they are and they hone in on that. I and mean, they just like, you know, they perfect that craft. And so it's like to just be like, oh, you play yourself every time. It's like, yeah. And that's why they get paid for that, you know, because you you are that character. You are 100 percent correct. You are 100 percent correct. I always like actors that are comfortable with that playing themselves because a lot yeah. of them will get a bug up their ass. Like I've got to, you know, I've got to play an amputee refugee just to prove that I'm an actor. It's like, Oh, well you can, but you, know, you, you, yeah. you, got you could day. actually give an amputee refugee that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're a uh, Gary Oldman or something like that, you know? Oh, what's that movie where he played a short person? Gary Oldman actually oh, played a I have no idea. I'd like to see that. Gary Oldman actually played a short person in a movie and he he was on they shot all the scenes. He was actually walking on his knees. Oh, that's that, like uh who was that old guy that did that? Like that was his gimmick. Oh, Tim uh, and he Conway. Sold, like, movies. Tim He's Conway. A, he dorked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the title track, Ask Me What I Am. Um Yes. It, it's a lot of these songs. It they just seem to have the ones that are not happy. The somber songs just seem to have to have a general, just a general sadness about them. There's no real reason. the The joke of the old country song, you know, my wife left me. So the song is about a person's yeah. wife leaving them. Here it's just like general sadness. General yeah. apathy. It's, it, it's, I think if the songs had a little more, as we'd say in improv, the more specific you are, the funnier it is. I think so. And yeah. the more specific your sadness, the more it'll come across in the song. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, it, it did kind of seem like, especially with like some of the themes of these songs, like he's, he was just like, I'm, I'm not too masculine a man. Like I'm, I'm a gentle lover and everything, you know, like <laughs> he's like, I'll love you, you know, like, and, uh, but I'm also sad. I have feelings. Uh, and so <laughs> you have to deal with that <laughs> when I'm loving you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and, and Burt Reynolds was a masculine man at that time. So. So maybe this was his like trying to balance that out and be like, Hey, this is my, my sensitive musical countryside my blues actually that I never really thought of that May And maybe that's, maybe this album is his amputee refugee. This is his. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, this is his. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to take the chance of doing that in movies, but I'll make an album where I'm, where I'm sensitive and warm. And he later becomes that in a lot of his movies and stuff. So maybe this was his awakening to like, I, I can be this character as well, you know? That's that's also a very. I good can point. be more revealing. I, yeah, I could be more vulnerable. I could be more revealing, because I'm looking. I listened to this album twice, and I'm looking at the songs, and I can't. I give you credit 
it's like I I can't re- I can't really remember them, except for the one where I, I, I only because I wrote it down. Okay, I mean I got the names in front of me, but I can't. It's like I I, I can't piece. What was that song about? Uh, the titles are very on the nose. It's like you read the title. And it's like she's taken a gentle lover. That's you, you pretty know what that song's gonna be yeah. about. Yeah. So I like having you around. And th- I like having you around. I remembered that. That's the only other song that he had another he had a female singer on there with him. Uh and that's the only other song where he's where he shared uh where he shared singing duties with. Oh man, I see, I don't even remember that. And I listened yeah. to it three times. And I'm looking wow. for uh, and I'm looking also, for her name. I can't find your name on the album. So. Yeah, I don't see it uh, on the credits either. Or maybe it's either Carol Montgomery or Ginger Holiday for backing vocals. But the one song I do remember is A Room for a Boy Never Used. Uh, first, that was one of the singles. Uh, that was the first single that was released. That was a single? Okay. A yeah. boy for a, ro- a room for a boy never used. First of all, they need to reword that because it makes it sound like the boy was never. <laughs> it makes it sound like the boy was never used, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. <laughs> but the song, and, and this is one of those where he speaks through the whole thing, and he talks about having. He's he's built this bedroom for a boy. He's got this backyard. He's got this tree. He's built it. He's built everything for a boy. And when I start, when I first started to hear the song, I first thought like, oh no, please don't tell me that his son died. It was, that's where I thought the song was going. Bobby Goldsboro did a lot of songs just like that. That are very like, uh, my, my, my wife died. My son died. My, uh, uh, in fact, his first single, uh, see the funny little clown was about like, basically like, the Pagliacci uh, thing where it's like, uh, I'm so funny, but inside I'm very sad and depressed and everything. And I was so, I so thought that the song was going there, but apparently he's, he just can't get his wife pregnant. He's like, God, give me oh a my gosh. God, give me a son. He's either not married or he can't get his wife pregnant or he can't get her pregnant with a son. There's a house in my mind. It's more than a house. It's made of dreams that are more than dreams. And the rooms of that house are carefully filled with my most loved people and things. But you know, there's one single room at the top of the stairs with a door untouched and new, reserved for a son. Big backyard, 
just waiting for a long rope swing. So he's he's got all this masculine child stuff around his house. And the thing, it's just like he just hasn't had a son yet. It actually turned out to be a quite quite a silly song where I thought it was going to go really, really dark. And if it went really, really dark, that would have given the song something. Yeah, that would have probably made the song uh, more success. Yes. Uh, I think he was definitely trying to reach to that, like, uh, wholesome, like, the country feel of, like, oh, man, I'm never going to have a boy. My lifeline's never going to, you know, carry on. My last name's not going to carry. And, yeah, that's going to appeal to, like, the country crowd. But, like, if you do, like, oh, my son died or something like that, that's going to just, like, break the hearts of all America. Right. And Burt Reynolds being who he was, people would, people would actually think, and this is what cracks me up about fans, is a lot of fans actually, they would probably actually think that he lost a son after hearing that. Uh-huh. They would have been would, a conspiracy. There would have been a conspiracy like this was Burt Reynolds getting all his pain. No, this was just Burt Reynolds singing a song. But yeah, I thought that it was just like, really? That's it. You're you're just you're planning for a boy, but you just can't get your wife pregnant. Okay, that's ridiculous. So, qu- quit asking God and go to a fertility doctor or something. Uh, I did though enjoy. Ask me uh, like the title track. Ask me what I am. I did too. Uh, I mean, it it sounds like I didn't enjoy this album. This album is sort of like fast food. It was like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, but it was just like, okay, I don't really, you gotta, you, you'll remember a good meal at a fine restaurant, but after you eat McDonald's, it's just like, well, I enjoyed that, but I don't really remember. And I'll revisit it. And every time I think it's kind of new, but then I'll forget it right away. So that's what I think this album is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, uh, I'll probably ever listen to this again unless like in, you know, 10 years or so I, I come across this podcast episode and I'm like, oh, I, I guess I'll listen to that album again and see what we were talking about. But really, like, I don't see it in the future. Uh, no, I will. I'd probably not. I mean, I have the album. So maybe if I get a an itch or something. Uh, but this is not something yeah. we all have stuff that we go back to over and over again. This is a. This is, uh, yeah, this is, like I said, more of an enigma. And on the front... It's I mean, a novelty. It's a novelty. Because even on the front, Burt Reynolds is wearing this velour jumpsuit, which just screams the 70s. It looks like the uh, jumpsuits that uh, Big Enos or whatever is wearing in uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Pat McCormick and <laughs> Pat McCormick and Paul Williams. That was it. Pat McCormick and Paul Williams. Uh, funny story extra uh, i guess this is a little extra bit I bonus, was to my tra- mom bonus track this. bonus track bonus track bonus tr- bonus trivia <laughs> uh i was talking to my mom yesterday about uh i was watching a couple of his movies i watched uh, smoking the bandit and best little whorehouse in texas which i had never seen that one uh but i was telling my mom that i was going to be on this podcast and she was like oh i met burt reynolds oh and so i I was like, wow, uh, okay, this is perfect information to talk about. You have to tell me about that. And so she worked at the Sheridan River House in Miami, Florida at the hotel. And they came and stayed there for while they were shooting uh, in Miami. And they took my mom to the set. And she uh, got to meet everyone and talk to everyone. 
And she said that Bert was a very nice guy, though he wasn't very like talkative. Like he, he was kind of like in the zone with his acting and stuff. Uh, Sally Fields, uh, she said that she was extremely nice, but also didn't really talk much. She just embroidered in between uh, shots. So she just did sewing. Uh, she said Jerry Reed was the nicest dude uh, and very talkative. Uh, and then she said the sheriff didn't stay in the hotel because he had his own place in Miami. Jackie Gleason. Yes, Jackie Gleason lived in Miami. And so I just thought that was uh, what a interesting connection that my mom had met all these people. And here you are having me on the Burt Reynolds podcast. Well, it was. Did she mention how tall he was? Because it was. Like Burt Reynolds' height has fluctuated. He always wears he always wore boots. I've heard he's been anywhere between five seven and six feet, and that's a pretty big range. It, a pretty big range to be in, um, even yeah. <laughs> with or without his boots. Because when Wikipedia you, it, says he's five eleven. Five eleven. Because well, sorry, you, what were you saying? If, if you look at it, uh, it's a testament to Burt Reynolds. Because Burt Reynolds was bald. He, he's, he's, I don't know if you know, he's famous for his toupee. That's one of the things he's famous oh, for. I did not know that. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, Burt Reynolds is, ask your mom about Burt Reynolds. But he's famous for his toupee. And he actually makes fun. He knows that he wears a toupee. He doesn't try to hide it. And he, he's also, he was also a shorter actor that had to wear boots. So here's this short, bald man that became the biggest <laughs> movie star of the 70s it was like uh, wow. god, bless, god bless america so yeah i i have to because like yesterday when i was watching his movies and going through his uh hollywood list it, it really was just making me like think like how was it, the priorities of america and the world at that time and like what they celebrated i guess was just like so different than what it is today like if Burt Reynolds were like, you know, coming into a career right now, uh, I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it, you know, happening. Uh, just such a different, I guess, more things were more country back then, you know, or coming out of it. It's such a thing of the times. And I think this is exactly what this album this was for. He's he's dressed like he's dressed as a velour cowboy on the cover. Uh, yes. And I think this this movie and this this record was for his fans in the South, for the most part. I've always said to like people who are uh, amateur musicians, like, and I can't prove this, you know, but like uh, an observation that I have made is if you want to be successful in the music industry, you do country or gospel. You you just be a good old boy, you know. And there will always be fans that will support you, whether your music is good or bad. I agree. It's the I, image. I also agree that like Burt Reynolds was probably one of the first actors to a lot. A lot of actors are very highfalutin. Let's go after the New York crowd or the California. I think Burt Reynolds was smart enough to say, let's go for the Southern crowd. And that's what he did. And they made him. They made him super popular for a super long time. Yeah. Um, and they'll support anything. If you're doing that, like you, you have diehard fans for life. My dad is, I, my dad's from Kentucky. My family is from the South. And you were absolutely right. If, if people in the South like something you did, 
you can basically do no wrong unless you say something bad about the South after that. But after that, once yeah. you've established that they like you in the South, they're very, very loyal. Now, we mentioned, now, you said you had uh, your favorite song was the first one, Childhood 1949, which, like I said, all these, <laughs> all these titles are on the nose. Childhood 1949, Slow John Fairburn, the first one that I lay with. So that's a song about losing his virginity. It, yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Like I said, till I get it right. Now that sounds like he's <laughs> those two songs back to back sound like he's you know I'm gonna keep having <laughs> I'm gonna keep having sex till I get it right. Then she's taking a gentle lover. The, the songs, if you read the song titles, it's a story. He was born that he yeah, had, it seems like it. Yes. She's taken a gentle lover, so he never got sex down, so she's run off with another guy. (laughs) I just noticed that. If you read the song titles, they're telling a story. And maybe that, maybe we we listen to it again, listen to it, maybe this, each side is a story, each side is a a whole story broken down into songs. Wow. And if that is true, that totally adds more, like, that more significant. That, that's totally more significant. Yes. Oh, wow. man. Okay. Uh, start, we're starting to see the genius behind this album here. Oh, man. We have, un- we have discovered. <laughs> we're like Nicolas Cage in American, American Treasure. Or what is it where he oh. finds it? Uh, Na- National, National Treasure. National Treasure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people are going to be, uh, when they're researching this album, they're going to hear this news and it's going to blow their minds. They're going to be it's clamoring a, it's a full for story, this album. Yo. The full story. It's actually, <laughs> yes, it's a whole story. Ask me what I am. I'm a I'm a guy who wants a room for a boy never used. Uh, but I didn't get my boy, so I didn't shake the world today. And then I went to my wife. There was a slight misunderstanding between God and man because he never gave him a boy. And I like having you. It's like these songs. These are definitely. They yeah. definitely tell a story. Yeah. Uh, if I can't. If I can't have a boy, at least I like having you around. Right. It's just us together. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's crazy. Either they did that intentionally or we are, uh, you know, putting one significant pattern on this album. Or we're just full of shit. Uh. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're improvisers. <laughs> we're, we're improvisers. We're making the story. Hey, you got to find it. Yeah. Overall, like you said, I'll probably, I'll probably, it'll be a long time before I go back to this album. It's a novelty. So it's like, maybe if I get Burt Reynolds nostalgic, I'll go back. It's like you said, it's an okay album. It Burt Reynolds does the best that he can on this album. What's, what's your overall view? Let's, let's hear your overall view on the album. What you think. Uh, now, going into this, uh, I, we talked about like kind of like, you know, it just all drones together. But if it is all one like storyline, you know, kind of thing of like since childhood to ending, then that makes sense for it to all, you know, kind of blend together. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I, I agree that like it is this novelty and, you know, he, he went out and he made this album. But it, again, it is not bad. Like there are albums out there that, you know, like people make where it's just like some people just will not even listen to it. This is, uh, this is very listenable. Bonus. Uh, another bonus 
uh, thing. Uh, bonus track coming up. Uh, I actually did a uh, special album for this, and I sent you the only full digital copy. So you will be the only person who owns this album. Uh, it's oh, called it's so called he- Sailing the Ship of Theseus with Burt Reynolds and Scott White. Wait, so did you cover these songs, or did you do original songs based on this album? So what I did was I actually took the whole album, the file that you sent on YouTube, and I compressed it down to four and a half minutes, uh, <laughs> a la Scott White's four and a half minute reviews. And then I basically uh, change up the album so much, uh, at, at, like the ship of Theseus, where you take uh, a part from the ship, you know, and you replace it until it's the same ship, but all different parts. And so you have to ask yourself, like, is this the same ship? Uh, and so I basically just like take it, I change it up, I convert it to MIDI. And then the last track is basically I re-extend all these four <laughs> and a half minute tracks back to the length of the album. And then I added a little of my own flair onto it. And so it's very uh, unique. Uh, and you have the only copy. definitely okay i will definitely listen to that that sounds great at least check out the last track it, it's it's almost two hours so i don't know if you want to check out the whole thing okay it's almost two hours uh yeah i will definitely check out the last. well thank but you for doing that i appreciate that that's so cool yeah absolutely i thought that'd be a special little feature uh yes and you know what we'll say hey if uh if you go to my patreon page and you donate a dollar we will we'll let you listen to that track. So that's what you do. If you listen to this podcast, go to my Patreon page. You you uh, you donate a dollar, and uh, you will get to you will get. I will send you this track, and you will be able to listen to that track. If that's okay with you, sir, being your that's, a, that's a great idea. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I think that's a fantastic idea. Also, do you have a Patreon page? Uh, I do. Uh, Patreon Sean Penalber S E A N P E N A L B E R. All right, so either go to mine, which is uh, Patreon Scott White, or go to Sean's. If you go to either one of those and you donate a dollar, we'll, we'll, you'll be able to hear, you'll hear, the hidden, you'll hear the hidden album that Sean just made. So if that's something you, you want to hear, yes. uh, either go to mine ma- or go to Sean's. And make sure you tell us uh, keyword Burt Reynolds so we can know. Keyword Burt Reynolds, Okay. And uh, so you're once again, uh, overall view of the album. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, now, uh, it, it's not. Uh, OK, I guess I'll say. Uh, I would give it a six out of ten. You know what? That seems like what my rating would be about six out of ten. It was I smiled because uh, I'm a Burt Reynolds fan. So I I smiled when I was listening to it. A couple, like I said, the couple of songs got a little silly, uh, and uh, the couple of songs. Not what, but what I said before, how the songs ran into each other. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe that was it. So, yeah, that it, definitely added. 
Uh, that adds to the lore, I think. It adds to the lore. We're going to start. We're going to get this album. We're going to get this album to $100 on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sean, before we go, what is it? I know you promoted at the beginning of the podcast, but what do you want to promote here? A- any website, whatever you want. Uh, so if anyone is interested, I actually do quite a lot of things. Uh, you can find a lot of that at drawbook.net, uh, which I'm actually, I just hired a web designer and we're going to do a complete re-edit. So I'm very excited for that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you Instagram, you can follow me at the art of ceilings. Uh, you can also listen to my music at hood uh, thunk on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, my stuff is released worldwide on everything. Also, I'm writing a sort of thesis or a personal thesis and exploration of the meanings of existence. And if you're interested in that, uh, I would love to talk to any of you about that. Uh, and then, of course, you can find me at Comedy Sports Houston uh, and also try to check out my podcast when they release. I got three coming up. I just recorded the first few episodes with some guests and hopefully I'll have you on soon. Absolutely. Now, but- Am I mistaken or don't you, uh, do you have a, a, a movie review channel or uh, didn't I read out somewhere on Twitter that you were reviewing movies now? Yeah, I, I do have a secret uh, movie review Twitter. Now it's not completely secret. People do know I have it, but the uh, intention is to keep it anonymous. And if you would like, you could do your own kind of investigation and find that Twitter. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to reveal, uh, what it is. I, uh, but I did just pass 500 followers, uh, and things are, I, I did review a, uh, a movie that got released for, uh, like 27 film festivals internationally as like one of the headline releases. And it was very interesting. Uh, if you're a Hodorowsky fan, uh, definitely check it out. Okay. Uh, well, I, you don't know what it is. So. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out if I can find it. That's great marketing there, Sean. Uh, I got this great project. Well, you the goal. It. No, well, go the goal behind this one was like, I have all of these projects and I kind of wanted to do this one, like just completely separate to see that something else that I've done and just not told anyone about still be successful. Just, it made me feel a little bit good, you know? Hey, it's great. Uh, and I will, I will actually get a list of all your projects and put all those links in the description of the show when it comes out. Thank so, you a million. Yeah. And thank you a million for having me on. Thanks for doing this. I, w- I it was a, it was a weird, like I said, it was just a weird odd novelty. And I wanted to get, uh, because this album, I'm a, not a musician and you are a musician and this album sort of the combined those two things. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show, having a non-musical yeah. person and a musical person. Uh, yes, you were able to give excellent background on stuff that I would not know, wouldn't, I did not know about. So, uh, Sean, thank you for being on the show. I want to thank everybody for listening and meet us back here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. See you later. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I grew up in a little southern town. My daddy was the chief police there. 
And needless to say, I was in and out of trouble a few times. But I guess along the way, I learned a couple of lessons. You know, when you're a young kid, you have a tendency to kind of put down the old folks. One of the best lessons that I ever learned was from an old man named Slow John Fairburn. Now our little town is just a little town. There ain't nothing ever going on. I seen the whole town turn out just to listen to an organ grinding song. Now a bunch of us old boys that ride motorcycles started spreading an idea around just how funny it'd be to see old slow John Fairburn take a motorcycle ride around town. <laughs> 